Well, welcome to the next text, next next steps. Let's let's say next <laughs> next steps podcast, where we we take what we're talking on Sunday and try and work out what it means for Monday before we do anything else. We want to recognise that this land originally was cared for by Tassie's First Nations people, and we want to pay respect uh, to elders, past, present, and emerging, and uh, just give thanks for the way they looked after the place and and acknowledge that we've probably got unfinished business in our relationship with Tassie's First Nations people as we need to look at our sometimes tragic history. Well, uh, nice as we launch into things to have Emily back. It's been, I don't know, must must be a few months, Em, since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, since I went back from maternity leave. So, and, oh, you hear the cats in the background. That's, they're getting involved too. That's nice. Yeah. And uh, and Anne is with us, uh, and uh, we're looking at the uh, what, what we're talking about on Sunday is is our want uh, Psalm thirty two. Before we go, before we go too much further, and I, I wonder, would you would you read Psalm thirty two for us? Yeah, I can do that. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Yeah. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Yeah. Thanks, Anne. What, one of the things we're trying to do with the Psalms is, uh, before we get into unpacking them or doing anything, just letting ourselves hear them and, and respond for, at, a, at a heart level to it. Um, and so on Sunday we did that again. We just read it out and asked people to to name what words or phrases popped out. And here's the responses people had. I don't, I don't know, Em and Anne, as you look at um, people's responses, just and this was before we even talked about the psalm, just as we read it, uh, asking what, what are the words or phrases or ideas that jump out to people? Um, do you have okay. any... Yeah. I was just going to say over to you, um, Emily. I'd love to hear you first. 
<laughs> uh, they they all seem to kind of very go hand in hand for me. Yeah, being blessed, not just blessed in our forgiveness, but that we are so abundantly blessed by God and all the Psalms just remind us of how blessed we are because of his sacrifice. And through that, we have the forgiveness. Hmm. Yeah. And um, yes, you know, there's a couple of ones that, and that you see them as just one single word and sometimes in phrases, but essentially unfailing love yeah. is a consistent theme through it, freedom through grace um, and guidance. And the other one is rejoice. It's it's being joyful. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because of all the things that God's done. I, yeah, it's helpful to see. Just, I mean, it's all, it's all beautiful. Like this is, I, I love the words that are there, and and I think um, part of our heart as we're looking at the Psalms is to, it's just to really press into and 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 know that God wants a relationship with us, and and that's what He's inviting us to. To one of the dangers is we can get stuck in our heads a bit, but this is most of this is heart stuff. I wonder, um, uh, I guess for each one of for for each of us, as you heard the psalm again, and and is there anything in it that that stands out for us? What 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 words would we put up as the ones that are really that that are there for us? I'll put I'll put these ones back up just in case. Well, I can jump in first um yeah. i think well when i when it was you read it yesterday matt um before you started on your sermon and you asked us to really reflect on it um there were two verses that really spoke to me um and one was verse six which is therefore let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found mm. um i because we can know as you say with our head um who god is and that he he you know he forgives and that guides and that his unfailing love is there but we have to be faithful to that um it's about reaching into that and like what you said he wants to know us and he can be known and the mm. way and, and and faithful prayer is part of how that how that looks that kind of conversation that communication with god mm. and that wanting to be in his presence actually mm. experience his presence and the other one and initially i when i've heard it i've heard it as you know since this it's verse eight i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with my loving eye on you now have i got it right that this is like i mean the whole of this psalm has been david praying it mm. i i so is this him saying that he's going to instruct us and counsel us or is it has he now slipped into as if God's saying this? Because hmm. I've heard it as if it's been God saying this to me, that he wants to instruct hmm. and teach me. And I love that line, counsel you with your with my loving eye on you. It's hmm. like that watching over, um, yeah. being concerned and interested. It's just, I love that. So I don't know whether I've misinterpreted that as a word from God I or no, that that's right. I, I, I didn't on Sunday make that clear enough. That it, it's like he changes 
it's all about his relationship with God. Then all of a sudden, it's like God's talking to us, mm. and uh, and yeah, that he he will guide us on the right paths he has for us. And mm. yeah, that's that's a key one for me. And uh, I think also that just the call to be honest, that you know, I think that that's a whole theme of the psalm, and 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 I think that that's a reminder for me. Those two things that God. God wants to direct my path and there is a part for me to play in just being real. You know? I, I don't know, Em, as we dive into the thing, is there anything that stood out for you in it all? Yeah, I love what you guys have been saying. I just love the idea that our transgressions are forgiven and that God already knows what they are. He already knows mm. when we screwed up. He knows the the thoughts we have that might not be great. They don't even have to be actions to no, you know, not be the ideal thing that we should be thinking about or doing. Um, but I guess he is really identifying the importance of us bringing it to him. We actually have to verbalize it. And it's part of us having that self-recognition of self-recognition, the right word. I don't know. Yeah. Self-awareness is probably what I mean um, of the things we've done. Um, and I think sometimes we just have to get out of our own way when God's talking about how he will guide us and how we should live. A lot of the times when we do stumble a bit is when we forget that and we try to you know, get in the way of what God's trying to do, get that yeah. control back that we know that there's no point having because it all works out for the best if we can just hand over the trust. Yeah. It's been interesting. And, look, for those who are... Uh, maybe watching this for the first time or haven't had a lot to do with our church family, uh, you may not be aware that for us this comes in the context of losing a pretty special man. Uh, Peter Clark has been a really important part of our church family and and that was mentioned a number of times in the message yesterday and through the through the sermon. And and I I I love that we were talking about grace uh, on the Sunday that we're missing Pete uh, because Grace was one of his great he, he loved talking about Grace um, but I um, one of the uh, one of the things that starts right early on is, is that there's the, in the Christian church often there's been a real focus on not needing to do anything for Grace that Grace is there but there is in this psalm um, a, a little kick in the tail a bit in that it kind of there is, uh, and and I actually do think this is in in the Bible like right the way through the Bible, and so some people will get a little anxious as we talk about this, uh, but I think it's there uh, that um, there is something required of us to receive God's grace, uh, and it it's there in the in the first psalm, in the first, in, in verse two rather it says, "Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord doesn't count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit." Uh, that that there is this, this connection between forgiveness and being honest, um, and and David goes straight on to talk about when I kept silent, it was it wasn't a good look. How I, I guess how do you guys respond to that idea that there is this there is a connection be, between being able to receive grace uh, and being honest with God. Um, well, I think um, it's a really strong connection myself because uh, there has to be an awareness that 
something's not quite right and an acknowledgement and a recognition and then beyond that a reaching out um to say hey you know this isn't right and i know it's not and but i don't want it to stay like this it's and i want to come i want to be in relationship with you and i know that that means acknowledging where things aren't right and um you know some people would call that repentance <laughs> but it's that's essentially unless you're prepared to be honest about who you are what you are what you're thinking what you're doing um how can you actually have that capacity to re reach out and say i've got it wrong mm. we can't if we're in a state of denial about it or we're just you know got our heads in the sand we'll just keep doing what we're doing just keep going now um we won't see any need for god and um yeah relationship and i would suggest that any relationship um whether it's a relationship with god or with a friend or with a partner mm. um with a parent or with a child um it requires a level of honesty for trust to be present but also to do the hard yards of working things through when things aren't right mm. and if you don't then you may think things are just going along fine but it's like elephants in the room isn't it um it is a destructiveness that goes with um sweeping stuff under the i'm just using all of these expressions aren't i elephants in the room sweeping things under the carpet whatever but the whole point is if you're not honest you can't move on in into a better stronger relationship yeah how do you bounce off this em i just keep thinking the really dangerous part of all of this is when you've got someone who i don't know if they're unable to see or they're just happy with where they're at with their faith they're happy with where they're at with their life and so they i guess they don't feel that need to i don't know look for ways to grow more when they're comfortable um, and I think that's when all of this can, yeah, get get complicated because it's really hard to just have people see that we. I always think we're always on a journey relating to teaching. The minute you think you're an amazing teacher that's got it all over it, you should probably quit and find another profession. Is something that all of my bosses in different schools have always said to me because we're always trying to be better and grow. Mm -hmm. And you know, you get thrown left curveballs every single day. Um, but I guess the minute we're a hundred percent happy with everything we're doing. We've probably lost sight of something and need to be recentered. Hmm. Absolutely. I. This is one of those moments where I, I really. I think there's a danger, even as we talk about it, to talk about it abstractly, because I, I think this gets to the heart of the Christian journey. It, it is. I, I know for me, it's so easy to get into a mode where you're just going through the motions, and you don't stop and be honest with God. Like you just, it's easy to get into a rut where, you, where you're not reflecting on the rut, you just live in life and and it's easy just to think this is who I am uh, and not to face stuff. And, I, and, and there's something, there's something beautiful about this psalm but also something pretty confronting about, yeah, like if... If I if I do think I'm if this is how it is and this is how I am and this is you know 
then I might be missing something pretty significant if I'm not if I'm not willing to say to God if I if I'm not seeing the mess in me and bringing that to God then that could be a fairly serious point and and it has been in my life like a, where I've where there have been this periods where I just go with the flow and f- turn up at church or do stuff but I'm not I'm not actually I'm not living from a relationship I don't know. I'm, I don't know. How do you go and respond, reflect on your own life in relation to this and how this works? Yeah. I think sometimes we can think things through in our head. We can even say them out loud to ourselves. Mm. But if we're only saying it to ourselves, there's a certain safety in that, isn't there, if it's mm. only us? I mean, sometimes it will be even for us and we'll bury it because we find it. It maybe it, it raises things that are very painful and hurtful from our past. Um, just creates you know negative feelings within us that are just really painful feelings: anger, sadness, you name it. Um, that we just feel too vulnerable to deal with. So we'll just we might, we might say verbal. I mean, I don't know about you but maybe because I'm a talker I, I tend to verbalize my how I'm feeling or I'll, I'll have my little thought life going on in here and all these little thoughts are going around I talk to myself and sometimes it's a negative voice I use about myself or or other people and um, it's like I'm going along in a little vacuum yeah, and as long yeah. as I'm in a little vacuum and it was something you said about being honest with God because sometimes we might be willing to say those things to ourselves but we're thinking not in terms of who, whether God's listening or not. <laughs> we just keep going. But as soon as I actually stop and either express that to somebody, then all of a sudden it becomes more real. Mm. It's like all of a sudden I'm accountable for mm. whatever it is. And in many ways that's what happens too when I... Um, and I think, and I realise actually, I'm not in this little, room and and there's God in God's present, and He's part of this, and He actually wants to be with me in this. Um, yeah, I started, to, I start to get pinned down a little mm. bit, but you made some comment yesterday in your sermon about it's easier to be honest when you know you're loved. Yeah. And that is so true. And um, and so when you're in relationship with God, there is a sense in which, yes, it's, it's horrible sometimes to expose this stuff. It leaves you vulnerable. It raises emotions that maybe you haven't properly dealt with from your past or mm. and that may require other people and brothers, you know, others, brothers and sisters in Christ who you trust to help you come to terms with that. Um, but when you when you express it in prayer to God, and you, His, um, as you say, Him, He already knows, doesn't He? He gets it. But it's only as we offer it to Him that He can actually intervene when we're actually willing to give it to Him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, Em, how are you processing this? Um, something that just comes to my mind. I'm a talker as well. So when I'm praying, I struggle sometimes because I will 
I suppose you call it confess the things in the day or the week that I acknowledge maybe didn't work handled the best and then ask for guidance to work on that thing um, or to show me a better way to do it next time or to just to be aware of it but sometimes because I talk so much my and my prayer I find is quite conversational but I need to leave some gaps <laughs> in between I think that's something I've really been thinking like I do like to pray but yeah. then I just get off on this tangent yeah. I'll start on my day and praying for a specific person then I end up praying for about six people because they keep coming to me and then I'll pray for myself and then then I'm home because I tend to do a lot of this in the car um, and I'm thinking yeah I really need to find that that quiet reflection space because is God trying to say something back to me and I'm drowning him out with my own voice yeah. I don't know if anyone else has ever found that before and we've done lots of hearing God's stuff, but it's almost like I need a mental refresher in that at the moment. Um, I think that's beautiful. It kind of, it's interesting that David goes straight from confession to kind of, um, as Anne was saying before, um, talking about guidance. Um, and it's like, I love, I love what you're saying is true, Anne. Like, I, if I, if I feel like. I'm in, in my relationship with Leanne, if I was to feel like if I tell her this, our relationship's over, um, it's going to be pretty hard to tell her it. But, but if I know, not that there's anything like that in our relationship, by the way, but, 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 um, but if I know that no matter what I say, she loves me, then it's, then it's so I think that there's not a lot. So I think it's so important to know. That's why the thing of grace and that Pete Clark would always come back to there's nothing you can possibly have done to stop God loving you. Mm. And so that that baseline, uh, but then, and and he's, he's kind of saying, look, when I, don't, when I didn't confess, gee, it was horrible, everything. And I, I can identify with that, like where, where, where it just feels like things are closing in. And, and I think modern science is showing the way, even the way trauma works and the way that our bodies are just geared to keep coming, bringing stuff back till it's healed and dealt with. That mm -hmm. we, we are, whatever it is, the unresolved stuff in your life doesn't get fixed by ignoring it. Mm -hmm. um, and and the only way out is through. And and I, I love I, I love that. So I think we'll, we'll probably need to keep coming back to that and wrestling with what it all means. But but it's almost like it's after David says okay all this then he that that verse is it verse eight and about uh, I, yes his I'll, loving eye yeah the guidance one yes i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel counsel you with my loving eye on you and, and what what's interesting about that uh is that uh there's this picture in which uh god is guiding us even even in in the hebrew there's this almost like he's almost guiding us by the way his eyes look like it's almost like and, and you do need to stop like you're saying him you, you've got to like it's hard to get guidance if you're not listening but but it's almost like you got to get this other stuff out of the way before you can listen god's not going to be able to guide you if there's, if you're sitting on unresolved stuff that you, you're hiding, and there is, there's this awkward thing I mentioned in passing. This psalm is largely about our relationship with God and confessing to God, but it's clear in the New Testament that 
confession is also something that's meant to be between people as well. Like confess your sins to each other. Mm. Uh, and um, and I I think that in the Protestant Church we've re- we've reacted against the Catholic notion of confession, and mm. and so we've tended to avoid it and try and puddle things up. But but that that means we're less healthy, and so I. Uh, uh, like I think we need to rediscover the the need for confessing to each other, not to mm-hmm. everybody. It, 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 you shouldn't trust everybody with all the mess of your life, but you need a few people, I think. Um, yeah. and, and so, feels like there's a there's a lot in all that. I don't know how do you guys bounce off off, off that. Um, well, actually, as you were talking, I had this image come into, and again, it's still related to the, my you know my loving eye on you line which um i was i was um uh video calling with my daughter in the uk yesterday and she's got a little two-year-old and and even as she's to me her eye is on her daughter Mm. and it's like she's just yeah that little eyes there Mm. and when her little when her daughter got into something that was unsafe it was oh you know and it was immediately um making clear the boundaries and mm. and putting steps into place, and then at one point she got up and she actually went over to her daughter and explained why you know that couldn't be done, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and so, but yes, so God's really active like that when His eye is on us. He's not just watching passively. Mm. Uh, oh, they've done it again. You know, there is this actual. Um, it's like uh, um, with my daughter when she was watching. It's out of love and care for this two-year-old and making sure that she's safe, that she's, um, that you know, there's things that she needs to learn in all of that. And, um, yeah, I know I used to do it myself as when my kids were little. Might mm. be down at the beach and they're off doing their own thing and think they're on their own, but, in fact, they're not because <laughs> my yeah. eye's on them making sure that they're, you know, they're doing the right thing. <laughs> You're in that stage at the moment, Em. <laughs> yep, I can 100% relate. Something that I've read a little bit about lately is when they're doing something that looks seemingly unsafe. It was all about, like, how it's your fear, not theirs. Like, Grace might be climbing up on something. I think, oh, gosh, like, she's going to fall off of that. But this woman was suggesting, like, no, that's your fear that she could fall off of that. But really, like, she needs to learn cause and effect. And and so I kind of think of that when I picture this imagery with God. Like, he has this loving eye on us. And I'm sure there are times where he might want to intervene. Well, actually, probably not, because he knows the, the long stretch of things. Um, but, yeah, he has to watch us fall, watch us stumble, watch us figure things yeah. out um, and know that it's all for his will. And then I think in some very extreme circumstances, people have seen direct intervention from God. Uh, I personally haven't experienced that, but I've heard some very powerful testimonies of people in very low places where they've actually heard an audible voice or had a big thing happen to them. But I think for most of us, um, that's sort of what we experience, that God helps us to reflect back on something later. Mm. And I love what you were saying before, M. Too. I think there is this discipline of creating enough space so that you can listen. Yeah. So I, I think, um, and I think that's the, the kind of relationship God invites us into. I think a, 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 
all kids want their parents to listen to them. Um, but not all little kids want to listen to their parents all the time. Um, but uh, I, I, th I think God wants us to get to a point where we, where we, we get beyond that and we learn to listen to our, our listen to Him, uh, and and listen to His guidance. And it does like it's a lot easier to tell Him what He should be doing. It's like creating that space. It, it, it I think it's a key part of the the spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. how, how do you guys? How do you find it? Getting guidance from God. It's not always easy. Mm. That's for sure. There are times when I'm thinking, oh, for heaven's sake, God, would you just make it really <laughs> obvious to me? Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't work like that. And um and 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 yet sometimes it does sometimes there'll be a word, I'll be reading God's word and mm. something will speak to me and or i'm listening to somebody and it was it will resonate and it will speak to me um the the other couple of weeks ago we were talking a little bit about making space for god and um i think it was paul dare was with us at that time and he said well yeah somebody said to me well, it's all very well for you or for you know for matt and Anne. you know um they're not struggling to make ends meet they're not you know, life in crisis. So, of course, they could find some time somewhere in their day to have quiet. You know what I mean? There was that kind of, hmm. you know, my life, They pe people don't know how hard my life is. Therefore, um, you know, to actually create space is just really hard to do. And it's a really good point. How do we create space when life um, is... When things, when everything's, when there's so much happening, mm. you know, around you, on you, with you, in you, how do you do it? Um, and yet, at the same time, what we know from what we've just been talking about, it's really necessary mm. um, to do it. Um, now, as now that I've got to a different stage of my life, I've actually got a capacity. Um, to have quiet time at home on my own without kids interrupting me, for example. But oh. I do think back to when I had four littlies and it, I did it differently. Um, it, there might have, and, and I think it's a bit like what you were saying, Em, that when you're driving home, there's a space in that time from when, from wherever it was you've been to where you're going, where yes, you've got to focus on the, the what's happening. But there's a lot of it. Auto, you're in auto drive with a lot of it, and we can spend that whole time just talking at God. Mm. But even in that space, there is an opportunity to slow it down. Mm. So. Um, so I think maybe we each know our own situations best. We yes, and we know where the, the chaos is, and we know where the um, when the day is just so flat chat or so mm. in crisis or whatever it happens to be that they're just we just need to focus in the moment. Mm. But um, I think it's also a case to say, Lord, Lord, how can I make this happen? Mm. How can I, how can I, have a, where can I 
fit some time that and and make space available to hear you yeah and for me it meant i had to lose sleep like it, like like i had to i'm not a morning person i'm still not I've, i keep like i used to do breakfast radio and i never became a morning person like i, ne- I still not i'm still not but i've 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 learnt that i just can't fit god in my existing i couldn't fit god in my existing schedule i had to change it and i had to do with an hour less sleep and set the alarm for six rather than seven um and uh and i'm finding now even i i, I now because you know we, we get up we walk the dogs and i come back have a cup and and um, have my quiet time there, but now I'm fine. I've got physio exercise I've got to do, so I've got to. I'm, I'm toying with whether I've got to move the schedule back even further. Which, and and look, five thirty is just obscene. No, no one should be getting up at five thirty. But but I but I, I do think there's something about what you're saying. Like it, there's a there has to be an and there's an intentionality. I, I think you don't accidentally make space, and, and even um, I'm finding this with my kids. Like uh, my son Josh and I, when he was living out of home, I, I would drive out to New Norfolk and have lunch with him regularly just so we could sit down and talk. When he moved home, I stopped doing that because he's just around. Um, but we don't have the same space to get. We don't have the same conversations because it, it's not as intentional. I'm not just sitting down. I, I'm, I, I find you don't accidentally create space for God. Mm-hmm. It's my experience. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, I, I don't know where, I heard this story about a woman who had, I don't know, heaps and heaps of kids, lots and lots of kids. And um, it was one of those, I suppose she was a stay-at-home mum and Dave and everyone stayed at home if they were looking after kids. And it was, bedlam reigned. And, and the children knew to leave her alone when the apron went over her head. When she mm. sat down at the table and threw the apron over, they knew that that was when she was having quiet time with God. And it might have only been for a few minutes, but they got to know, okay, just leave mum. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not saying that's what everyone else, everyone does, um, but, yeah, she found a way to keep connected with yeah. her God. And that was Susanna Wesley, who, who exactly was the, who it was. the yeah. mother of John and Charles Wesley, who who went on really by creating the space, and and her husband was a a loser basically. Like he really he wasn't that impressive. He was a drunk and all kind. But because she created space for her kids and created space for God, the world was changed. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so and so she fought. To have have the space for God, and yeah, I, I do think there's something about creating space in that um, to 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 get the guidance. I yeah, so I think I think that'll be our challenge for anybody listening to work out how do you create the space, um, and and also the question of how how do you make sure you're being honest uh, and and not just going with the flow. For you guys, have there been? Can you reflect back on times where uh, God's taking you through a process of having to 
fess fess up and and uh, and 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 deal with stuff. Like, not that I want to know the details, but but it kind of I'm trying to work out how do we help people imagine the reality of that. So it's not just an abstract kind of thing, but I'm trying to think about yeah how do we how how do we talk about that in a way that helps people imagine what it's like to to not avoid truth. My brain's still a little bit on like a minute ago when we're talking about creating the space. And I think yeah. if we're all honest with ourselves, we know times where we really just bludge away our time. Yeah. And I remember being at uni and feeling like it was full on and I had to put all of my energy and time into working a couple of jobs and studying and everyone said, oh, but, you know, when you finish uni, you'll never have as much free time as you have right now. And I was like, what? What are you trying to say to me? Like, hi, I'm so stressed. But now that I've finished uni, I'm like, man, if I could just go back for 12 months, those semester breaks, <laughs> finishing in like October and then not having to think about anything else until like March. Um, and we, Sam and I were reflecting on it the other day with having a baby now. We were like, we had all this time. What did we do with that time? Because now we have these little glimpses of time yeah. for ourselves or for each other. Um and we just appreciate that small amount of time so much more. Sam loves getting, making little models and painting things. And if he gets an hour a week to do that, it's like, <sighs> but before baby, he probably did that a lot more. Um, so I just think like if we don't prioritize it, whatever our life stage is right now, we probably won't be able to fit it in later. Life's not going to slow down. People always say to me, oh, but when I finish this or when I finish my degree or when I drop my days down in a couple of years, I'm like, no, like it has to mm. be now. It has to be present. And if you're struggling now, you're not going to struggle any less in six months, in 12 months. And it's like we've had sermons where we really reflect on our finances and how we spend our money maybe we need to be doing a real audit of our time. And it's not to say that there's something wrong with watching a bit of Netflix um, or yeah. having a coffee with a friend, but I just think that one of Satan's biggest weapons against us is busyness and he keeps us busy to keep us away from God. I preach it. I think you're so right. And and I, I, I wonder whether managing time really is one of the critical spiritual disciplines. Like... Being intentional about your time, and, and yeah, I think you're exactly like Satan wants us to waste our time because it's a limited resource, and if we use it well, it, it's it can be exactly the opposite of what he wants to happen. Like it, it can it can actually change the world, mm. uh, but if we don't use it, then it's lost. We don't have it, you know. Mm. My guess is we're not going to get to heaven. And think, oh, gee, I missed that Netflix special I wanted to get to. Or you know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way that God can let us watch it if we really wanted to. Like. <laughs> can, can I just get back to yeah. your question? Because I I really am appreciative yeah. of what Em has just added. I think it's really important. Yeah, but you've okay. also asked the question: How do I know when yeah. I'm being honest with God? Mm. Um, and I think to some extent the psalmist tells us what mm. happens when we're not honest with yeah. God um, because we get a couple of, our body gives us some signals, doesn't it? Um, if I just, um, I'm just going to go back in it, into it. It is, mm. you know, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my boning all day long. 
For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was set in the heat of summer. And I think, you know, when when I've got things going belly up and I'm denying it and I'm not really willing to look at where I am in it and what I need to take responsibility for, there's a heaviness mm-hmm. that sits on me and there's an uneasiness in me and a tension in me and I can feel it physically. It's like I get all wound up inside. In yeah. fact, in walking with me this morning with Dale, um, he actually copped a fair bit of. Just <laughs> <laughs> me confessing. I just got. I, I was so uptight on so many things. I, I just. <laughs> but that's what happens sometimes. You know, when you hold, when you don't, when you're not honest with yourself, you either just go into a place where you're like, a bit like you know that receptive energies, you know, summer strength, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, if you if you think of a humid day when you just want to loll, when you just want to lounge around doing nothing because there's no energy, and mm. the same thing happens, I think, when we've not been honest with ourselves and there are things that aren't right, it can kind of sap our energy. Yeah. Um, and when I felt uneasy in my spirit or I felt really ups, uptight or upset, now for me, it's been, I suppose it's been a habit um, for a long time and partly it was modelled by my parents um, to go back to the word of God. Yeah. And even as I'm feeling unsettled and I can't even, I, I can't even pin, put my finger on what it is that's wrong, I will often just, I think I've just, I've just got to read God's word and I might not have read it for a while and I open it up and I come back to wherever I've left it off or just something new and often, so many times I can't count them, there'll be something in what I've read and it will speak to my spirit. It will speak to the unease in me. And sometimes it will be a comfort and a reassurance and other times it's a kick up the backside. Mm. And, and unless I'm willing to actually, like, I'll give an example, and I think I've given it once before, but for me it's a good example and, and it's not the only one. But I was getting really upside about a situation where I was working and it had got to the point where I was becoming really bitter in about it. Um, it was colouring how I not only interacted with this particular person but with other people and I was, um, there was a lot of other negative flow-ons, put it that way. And I read in Hebrews, get rid of the bitter root within you. If you don't want disunity, you have to get rid of the bitter root. Hmm. Now, that just like jumped out in lights at me. Now I could have ignored that, but it was like yeah. I actually went into that piece of scripture because I was uneasy in my spirit, and this is what I read. And for yeah. me to actually face that was hard because yeah. I had to realize actually there's something in me that has to be sorted. It's my response to what's going on. And, and it didn't go away overnight. It was a continual bringing it back to Jesus and to the cross. But over time, <laughs> I believe, and I, and that's the other thing, when we do it with God, because his loving eye is on us, when we say, I need your help, Lord, hmm. he, does. he says, yep, here, 
here's some here's some ways you can go to do it. And so his words really important, um, I think, is part of that. well for me it is. Hmm. That's part of who I am. It's um, I've certain, I've certainly had experiences like that. I also must confess that often if I'm not doing great, I will read the Bible and and the words will go past my eyes and and it just I, I somehow don't I just don't connect with it. Um, so so there are times like that for me where 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 it's like I've got a my head's somewhere else and I'm reading the Bible and I'm, it's not it doesn't get to me. Mm. So that that's a bit of a challenge for me. Um, I don't know, Em, how how does how does it work for you? How do you when you're not going well? How do you come back? How do you? I was just thinking that I love the U version app because you can look at these Bible reading plans. A lot of the time, I'll just type in what I'm feeling, stress, and then I'll read this Bible plan on stress. Um, a couple of weeks ago, work was just a bit, huh, so I typed in. I did this really awesome reading plan about. Um, seven things to pray over your workplace, just shifting my mind out of where it is, getting out of the the rut, whatever. Um, this is like semi-morbid. When I first had grace, I just really struggled with the concept of dying. I couldn't mm. stop thinking about death and what if I died tomorrow and I didn't get to see Grace's life, you know, and get to be here for these big moments. It was just playing on me. So I did about six different reading plans because I realized I didn't know a lot what the Bible had to say about death. I've only mm. read the Bible cover to cover one time and I've read other bits and bobs in between, but um, I had to go and refresh myself because there's a lot when I did the cover to cover. I crammed it into a year, which was impressive, but also we gloss over a lot. Um, mm. Um, so I find those specifically targeted reading plans help because then someone has done all the hard yards for you. They've pulled out all the relevant challenging verses and then they've written a little commentary to go with it, which you can give or take. Um, so I find that a go-to. But I'm also an Anne. I, if I'm feeling something, I feel it physically. Like I'll start to feel like tension. I go to, go to Pilates and Heather can always tell when I'm stressed out because she's like, oh, you're, you're tight, you're tense. And I'm like, don't tell me, I already know. Um, and it is crazy how a body can tell us in more ways than just our mind that, that we're not okay, um, whatever way that that can look like. Uh, and I think it's really easy, particularly for physical stuff, for people to ignore their body, like they're not eating correctly or they're not giving their body what it needs physically um, to just keep wasting away. But you've got to be on top of it in whatever way you choose to cope with things. And sometimes we can't see it. And I think that's where we need people to come in and challenge us. Mm. There's a, the other thing I did want to say before we go, and I know we're starting to get toward the end of our time, is that what I love about um, being in relationship with God is that because he knows us inside out, he also knows when we're ready to deal with stuff. Mm. Um, and so I think if you get yourself into a pattern of actually working toward being honest with God, that not, not everything's going to surface all at once because sometimes it, you're not ready for certain mm. things to surface. But if, you're, if you've developed the habit of being honest with God, then as you go along your walk of faith, 
and in relationship with him, learn how to listen. Then with time, his grace will and love, because that loving eye is on on us, he he will bring us to the point where it's possible to unearth and begin to work through Hmm. hurts and traumas and their impact on us, which might, like, for me, there was one, I didn't even realise it was an issue. It goes back to when I was 12 years old and I didn't, it, I wasn't ready to deal with it properly until I was in my 50s. Hmm. It's, but it, and it had been there in different ways, but when the time was, and maybe I could have dealt with it earlier, but I think in some ways God had God put me into a place where it was possible to deal with that. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's the thing, when relation, relationship doesn't require everything to happen at once. No. It's a building on things and, and growing stronger. And, just in passing, probably as we do start to wrap up, one of the things that makes a real difference for me is my journal. Like, so there's, a, there's a number of things, praying, but but in my journal, having the space and not feeling like there's a thing I should be writing, but just writing where I am, which is yeah. why I really hope no one ever reads my journals because um, they'll discover I'm not, you know, always very together. Um, but but. But then, as I get the mess out, then it's a lot easier to hear my heart, um, mm. and, and and in my journal also to write down what I think God's telling me, and so the the guidance piece to just be able to say, there's something about for me, and it may just be how I'm wired. It's easier for me to write down what I think God's saying than to hear it in my head. Like it's, I, I think I only get a little bit at a time. It's like I, it's almost like I get. This word, then this word, then this word, then this word, and, and I write it down, and that helps me. So that, in terms of a guidance piece, I I don't know how to do it except to have a way of writing stuff down. Yeah. That's just I think partly yeah. how I'm wired too. Yeah. In a minute, Em, I might get you to pray for um, the people who are listening and watching. But any last thoughts as we we end, end this? conversation for the from any of us as we want to anything we want to make sure we 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 don't miss as we reflect on psalm 32 we'll be looking at another psalm next week ah yes there is because we've done a lot of talking about being honest but we've also forgotten to talk about rejoicing in the lord and being glad um you righteous sing all you who are upright in heart because i think what's what um, David was saying, and you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, Matt, that David didn't have an easy life no. and he screwed up his life on a few things with some of the choices he made, badly, bad choices. Sure. Um, but um, what he had learned through it all, that, yeah, by being in relationship with God and things not always being right, but being with God, and it's a bit like what... Um, Peter wrote, better to be in the the dark valley with Jesus than to be anywhere else. Um, There is, because we know we're carried, we're we're loved, his loving eye is on us, he does look after us, then um, we can be be joyful 
which yeah. isn't the same as being oh you know happy clappy necessarily but there is a sense of of thankfulness for God and what he has is doing in our lives and mm. yeah and I think if we don't it, it's like no I will give thanks you know Paul said it you know thank be thankful to the Lord always yeah. um, and that's that's part of rejoicing because yeah. it, it reminds us that when we're when we're looking inwards and down at the ground or whatever it happens to be we can get so lost in it whereas what rejoicing does it it kind of lifts yeah it lifts us beyond ourselves to something yeah that doesn't take away the the pain it doesn't take away whatever's wrong but what it does is allow us to be carried by God in it kind of thing. Yeah, it's really helpful. We talk That's a lot about being like real and authentic. And I think when we talk about vulnerability, a lot of people go to, oh, we're talking about how we're not perfect and how life's hard for everyone. But there is a real vulnerability in showing joy and yeah. be truly joyful. Like you yeah. see a beautiful response of someone breaking down crying because they've just seen a positive pregnancy test after seven plus years of infertility. And that's vulnerable. Like they're showing yeah. huge vulnerability there, but it's not a negative vulnerability, but it's still yeah. vulnerability. Um, so I think, yeah, as Anne's saying, showing that joyfulness, um, not just to ourselves and to people close to us, but in who we are is basically publicly letting God's light like beam from out of us, which is a scary thing to do in world, worldly settings, yeah. but so important. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Em, do you mind praying for people as they, they, they process this conversation? Yep. Um, Dilla Jesus, thank you for the psalm that we've looked at. Thank you for the conversations that we've had. And I just pray as each individual has their own takeaway, that you'll just help them to process this, that you'll help to show them strategies to do that, whether that's to be listening to your voice, to trial, writing things down, pen to paper, to talk to a trusted person and bounce off through other people um however it is lord i just pray that you make it clear to us and that we might try things that we haven't really thought to do before or we don't necessarily think will work for us because i think we can be pleasantly surprised hmm. so i just pray that you give us the courage to confess our sins both to you to ourselves and to pick other people for that accountability and that real talk that we need um, just pray that we'll have the courage to be vulnerable, to be real, um, but also, yeah, to accept and rejoice in your joy, um, the joy that we're forgiven, the joy that we're, we're blessed. Um, and we thank you for Pete, for the amazing person that he is. And as we reflect on his life this week, as we remember him, I pray that we'll all... Um, Everyone has been talking about what an amazing person he is and how encouraging he was, um, mm. like there'll never be another Pete. And I said to someone yesterday, yeah, but I think we should try mm. because um, I don't think Pete would want um, the bar set and, you know, nothing to happen from there. Um, so I just pray that we all think about how we can show a little bit of Pete, shine a little bit of light in everything that we say and do. Um, yeah. And, yeah, take it as an inspiration and aspire to be more like that. In your name, amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you both. And uh, we'll be back at the same time next week, hopefully.